Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys are having a great Sunday. I hope I'm having a great Sunday. I'm recording this on a Saturday, and uh, I am trying to put more positive vibes out there in the universe. So I'm going to determine and uh, I'm going to predict that tomorrow, which for you it's today, Sunday, it's going to be a good day. I hope so. I truly hope so. Uh, I I finally did it. I finally shaved the beard. I had the beard on for for quite a long time now. A lot of people dig it, except for my family members, of course. But uh, that beard really gave me some gravitas. Uh, or is that how you say that word? But a sense of authority. People tend to listen to me more. Um, which is actually very true. I, I did not know this, but it turns out that if you wear a boots, if you wear a boots, if you wear boots, generally, people tend to pay attention to you uh, more often than not. It's an actual study. That was quite interesting. But I think the same effect goes to beard. So I definitely had to deal with that. I had people paying extra close attention to me because I had the beard on. Uh, but this heat is unbearable. I couldn't wear that that beard with this heat. I'm I was literally melting, and just my acne was building up, and it just it was hard to fight acne when I just couldn't you know get to them. So I finally shaved it off, and I saw the damage. And goddamn, my face looks all fucked up. I got a lot of acne that was under the beard. So I'm I'm gonna have to. Uh, Take some desperate measures, you know, get myself some of that Neutrogena stuff or whatever it is. I don't know. The, the blue stuff. I think it's Neutrogena. Uh, I gotta check it out. But hopefully I get a, a clear face. Also, I'm like... I, today, I, I looked over me, I'm like, man, I, I've gone so fat. Like, extremely fat. It's like, i I just been stress eating for the past couple months because I had a, one project after another. And the way I process things, I'm sure if you know already, is I stress eat. And my favorite things to stress eats is pie. Oh, I love pie. Oh, man, I wish I could have some pie right now. But, uh, you know what? That's a good idea. Maybe I should start reviewing pie on this podcast. What do you guys think? Yes? No? Maybe so? Is there any other pie lovers out there? Oh, man, I feel like I could talk forever and eat forever pie. That would be interesting. But anyway... As I was saying, I do have a gym membership that I've, you know, gone for two weeks and haven't gone back. So I was like, you know what? I'm also put some ease to it. So Sunday, hopefully, when you're listening to this podcast, I will be in the treadmill um, and, and really trying to, to, to enjoy the pain, enjoy the struggle, enjoy the sweat inside a gym. So remember that while you're listening to this, just picture me. A, 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 a now rounder brown person a balding still on a treadmill in a gym sweating it off um, trying my best to not look at women uh, or any other people you know although you know if I do look at them it's not for anything objectifying it's just you know I, I get nervous about that I was like I'm in the gym I'm sure these women get harassed visually or you know through through other people's you know, looking at them, I was like, I, I don't want to be part of that person. So I just, I, lo- I look at the, uh, at the ceiling a lot. Uh, so when I jog, I'm just looking up in the ceiling, um, and, or out the window and, and, uh, and just do my best to, to look normal. So yeah, so I got that going on. Um, uh, today is an interesting, um, podcast episode. For one, I, I, I fucked up in the booking of, of a couple guests 
uh, turns out that uh, I have to do a better job at communications. So unfortunately, uh, the guest who is a musician can it just it couldn't happen. Uh, again, it's my my fault. I, I really got to get get on top of that booking um, area. And uh, however, my uh, good friend and comedian Ryan Sudakin was around, and we decided originally to do another episode of Weird New World, but it, it, we had a hard time with it, so we just ended up just making a full-on regular um, interview kind of uh, segment or, or uh, episode. So today's featured guest is Ryan Sudakrin. We had another great chat. Uh, we went all over the place. But before we get there, we're going to listen to another Wheels on Reels review by of course by Jacob Wheels he went to go see a film called Beatrice at Dinner there's a lot of buzz surrounding this film uh, I'm very excited or I was very excited for him to go watch it and to come over and 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 discuss it I'm a big fan of Summer Hike and I'm a big fan of of this concept of the film that I heard uh, and uh, it's something I think I, I would enjoy so I was I was really hoping to hear some good stuff from it. So, but we won't know until Jacob Wheels um, tells us, of course. Uh, he also brought a friend. Um, he also brought someone else into the mix. Let's see how that goes. Hopefully, it goes well. Uh, the thing is that when he did came over to record the uh, review, I had a huge blackout. I think I mentioned it in the previous episode, but there was uh, a blackout that was caused by so many people having air conditioners on in my community and I guess you know the the trans the, the couple of fuses went off I guess I don't know what it is but point is that I th- my computer was done it wouldn't turn on and my Wi-Fi everything was complete darkness so I pulled out my uh, portable Yeti microphone and plugged it to my laptop that still had some juice in it and we just recorded it through that so the quality might be a little different uh, and uh, I think uh, I think overall it was still a great review. So let's go check out what Jake. Oh, almost forgot. Almost forgot to mention that if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. You can also follow the JMS podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please feel free to email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Have you visited the website? Please visit the jmspodcast.com website for extra content. And a lot a lot of great stuff there. And I got a lot more stuff planned. So hopefully before 2018 comes around, we get some good features, some new features going on. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And you know what? I'm going to blame that. I'm going to blame that's the reason why my, my the booking schedule got a little mixed up here. Is because um, I was I was distracted essentially on planning these other stuff around. I don't know. I'm just making a bunch of excuses. No excuses. All right, let's go check out what Jacob Wheels has to say about this film called Beatrice at Dinner. We are recording this it gets on, in your teeth? on the Yeti microphone because we have Blackout, so we can't use... I love Blackout. That's my favorite movie from uh, the director of Key and Peele. Wow. 
It's called Get Out. Not oh Black my bad. Out. Uh, but today we have uh, uh, we have uh, Wheel. He's back for another the wheel. review. They used to call me the Wheel back in high school. Uh, but Wheels on Reels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you brought someone with you today. Yeah, man. I'm gonna pull out the. I'm gonna pull back the curtain. I'm gonna show you how this uh, how this um, how this podcast works. I'm gonna have my the one and only uh, Wheels on Reels assistant, Mr. Jeffy Chase, coming back. Ooh, yo, that's so, Je- Jeffy yes. Chase. Or hey, I got an assistant. Hold on, since when? Uh, I've always had an assistant, man. I've always had him. We don't have a budget for an assistant. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the budget. This is coming out of pocket. I'm paying Chase. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody needs an assistant around here, it's me, don't you think? Well, pay for your own assistant. <laughs> Jeffy Chase is my assistant. Uh, well, Je- uh, Jeffy Chase, is, is that yeah. what we're going to call you? That's what we're going to call him. Um, yeah. I'm paying yeah, him so I'm, we can call I'm you whatever. So, so how does this work? So, my official title is, I am the assistant to the film yeah. critic. Yeah, he watches the movies and then I review them. Wait a minute, you can't have that. Can you? What do you mean? So, he watches the movies. Yeah, and I review them. And I you watch review them. Reviews. Yeah, he he watches them, I review them. Yeah. I review them and he watches them. You know what, dude? Considering you are the best <laughs> film critic in San Jose, I'm not even going to question your methods. Don't. Uh, and I guess that makes you the best assistant. He's the best assistant yeah. <laughs> yeah. in San Jose. Yeah. He's getting a t-shirt. He's so good, I don't even have to watch movies for this for these segments. <laughs> all these segments I've done beforehand, it's all Chase. All Jeffy right. Chase. <laughs> Alright, what film have you guys went to go see? Uh, what did we see? <laughs> we saw Beatrice at dinner. Is it Beatrice or Beatrice? Beatrice. It's Beatrice. Sorry. Beatrice at dinner. Beatrice at dinner. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Who's it by? Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. I had a sneeze. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you guys are really good at this. I mean, we are. <laughs> Should I pull up my phone? <laughs> this yeah. blackout is just, like, killing us today. Like, yeah. no internet, no... No energy. Well, I figured you guys did your research before getting here, right? Well, I did. I did the research. I, uh, I told him where the movie was, and he went to go see it. <laughs> yeah. He told me the time I had to be there too. But this is starring uh, Summer Hayek. I know that. Yeah, Summer Hayek, a bunch of other actors, uh, Lithgow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's. Oh, I love him. He's such a douche. Uh huh. He plays douches. I love it. Um. So it's called Beatrice at Dinner. Yeah. Beatrice at Dinner. Beatrice at Dinner. Yes. And so what's it about? Okay. Uh, Beatrice at dinner is about Beatrice, who she's some, uh, she's a Buddhist Mexican lady who, you know, she's really in touch with the earth, right? And then she, uh, she goes up to the, to the LA hills or something like that to do a massage for a rich lady. And then unfortunately her car breaks down and she won't be able to get it fixed until the night of. So the rich lady's like, Hey, you're ethnic. You're, you're different. Come have dinner with us. And there's this big dinner meeting with uh, with these high-end moguls and shit. Uh, yeah. It's a great... It's a, it's, it's a great concept. Having a worldly person and, like, these people who destroy the earth. So she goes to a rich family's house. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go. I shouldn't say she doesn't just go. She doesn't show up. So her job is that she is in... Uh, therapy. That's right. She's, she's a therapist. A massage she's a, therapist. She's a massage therapist and also a spiritual uh, healer. Healer. Yeah. As well. And she had uh, one of these uh, rich white ladies. Um, basically personal massage. Kind as of? a personal yeah. massage. Any person. happy endings in the massages? Uh, no. <laughs> like like how spiritual? I mean, are we talking only, about here? only in the theater, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, uh, Damn it, uh, wheels. <laughs> so, so she, she gets invited. Yeah, she, she stay for dinner. No, she doesn't get. Invited. No, she gets invited. She she gets invited because you know she needs to do her job, and then her she car doesn't there. start. Yeah, and then um, Connie Britton, who plays Kathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's pointing at his phone. Yeah. He beat this blackout with his yes. phone. Anyway, I, so <laughs> is IMDb uh, sponsoring this review? Um, uh, Google search. Yeah, Google, Google search. Google search. Yeah. Shout out to Google search. Um, Save for us. sponsoring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Connie Britton, who plays Kathy, um, asked Beatrice. Uh, to essentially stay for dinner. She doesn't really ask. She forces them. She forces. She's her? just like, hey, stay here. And she, you know, Salma Hayek's like, no, I don't want to stay here. She's being all coy. You know what I mean? She doesn't want to. And, and the reason why she's so nice is the backstory is is why Kathy is so nice to Beatrice. Oh yeah, yeah. Is because you know she essentially saved, um, you know, you know, not saved, but provided therapy for her daughter who who has can- cancer. has cancer, and she's like, you know what? You helped our family. Will help mm-hmm. you out, exactly. As rich people tend to do, to poor people, exactly. But only with dinners and yeah, money. only with dinners and money and mm-hmm. okay. tow truck lifts home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so spoiler. So what's the yeah. uh, what's the point of the dinner? Well, so the dinner is like all these rights. I guess this is what the, what rich white people do. I guess they go up to the John hills. Lithgow. Yeah, oh, he's such a douche. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, I didn't see it, but you know, John you, Lithgow. You, know, you told me in the notes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, John Lithgow, who plays uh, Doug Strutt, mm-hmm. who's this CEO, entrepreneur, investor, really rich guy, top oh, four yeah. of one, four one hundred richest people in the world. Oh, fuck kind those of people, man. Seriously, <laughs> like, why can't I have that money? I guess him and uh, another um, white know, person, another white, person. another white person, another. Fucking rich, hoity-toity, exactly. rich person. David uh, Warhofsky, who plays Grant. Uh, I guess him and uh, this guy are partners. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> business associates just go. landed a deal, and they wanted to have a celebratory dinner. Yeah, I think that's that was kind of the whole point of it. And yeah, essentially, kind of you know, it gets interesting once all the guests arrive. I think that's kind of where the movie kind of starts to take shape. Yeah, and it's very weird. It's very awkward because these people are like high-end. They dress nice. They have nice fancy cars and shit like that, right? And like they're dressed in suits and stuff. And Beatrice, she's a massage therapist. She has like a t-shirt on, some jeans, which by the way, that director loved her ass. Yeah, there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot there was of a Selma lot Hayek ass. Selma Hayek ass. It was there. beautiful. She's, I don't know how they old tried she is. To, they tried to ugly her up, but they... No, you can't. You, you can't, can't ugly up Selma you can't, Hayek. Uh, no. They tried to. It's hard to do that. And those jeans that so, she was wearing. So I, I assume her performance was great. Oh yeah, it was great, man. Yeah. I mean, like they 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 had these shot these medium shots where she was just like facing away from the camera, and you just get a nice visual of her 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 curves. <laughs> yeah. No. So so <laughs> how, it was good. It was so good. how's the acting in this film? Uh, you know what? She plays this. I never seen Selma Hayek in this in like a, a earthly role. She's kind of like a hippie kind of role. Yeah, and that's the great thing about it because everyone else is like this white rich person who keep on saying that, but I mean it's true. These like rich people who like think they know what living and and poverty is, and they're talking about it, but they're just saying like the basic like, oh, it would suck to wear two shirts the same day. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's basically what they're. That's basically what it is. It's the polar opposites yeah. of, the, of those of those worlds kind of colliding together, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh, humor. In it and cringeworthy moments. Oh yeah, because she's uh, the total outcast. Yeah, you know what I mean. She's the lady who's like, 
it's kind of like me whenever I go out and like I try to I see a group of people that I want to talk to, but like I don't want to interact with them, so I stay like nine feet away, and like like I just stand there like laughing at things they say, and they don't even know I'm there. Sounds like a normal day hang out with. It's you. just normal day. Actually, yeah. this is. It's like if I was a therapist woman, this would be my life story. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, no, every time, you know, she would introduce herself, she would always hug. Oh, yeah, everyone else, they would handshake. They would yeah. handshake each other, and then she would hug everybody. And they'd be like, oh, this poor and person. They were like, yeah. uh, it's funny, too, because okay. <laughs> they thought, like, she was the maid. Like, they mm-hmm. thought she was, like, a server. So they'd be like, hey, can I have a drink? Yeah, which that's where the that's where the the humor comes from. Just like the, these people not seeing. The so it's like a of, fish out of water kind of story. Yeah, very. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, speaking of fish out of water, Jorge, mm. fish are dying because these people are just killing wildlife preservatives and mm. fucking. What else are they killing? They're building, like building multiplexes, building hotels, yeah. and like you know telling people basically like you don't have a home here anymore, yeah. mm. destructing villages and places, it promising sounds, jobs. It sounds like you guys are enjoy, enjoy the film. I loved it. I loved it. You know it. what I mean? And the mm-hmm. theater experience, which I wasn't there for, was amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I uh, Chase sat in the front row. He got to see it. He got to see the film before everyone else because everyone knows that if the closer you sit to the screen, you see it before them. Yeah, because I'm the, able to process it. Yeah, yeah, because like the light <laughs> hits your eyes first and then it goes back to the back of the theater. I laughed before the funny part. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you saw it before, so you I started laughing. Yeah, and then they started laughing. Like they didn't get why you were laughing, and then like, uh, like and then they were like, "Oh shit, oh, that's, that's why." That's, yeah, that's why what he was, was laughing. laughing about. Okay. That's, that's why, why Jeffy said, Chase was so goddamn yeah, silly. He was so so great. So. Uh, this film did make a big splash in Sundance. Oh, did it? It premiered in Sundance. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and, and people and critics keep saying this is a great film to watch in, in the era of Trump. I, oh, uh, I yeah, agree. So, I can see that. So I, I guess they tackled some uh, social commentary through this film. Yeah. I would I guess say. so. Yeah, I would say so. I wouldn't say it was... I mean, I didn't go there for the social commentary. There was... but... You didn't go there at all, all right? First of all... <laughs> I'm reviewing this, Jorge. But, but like, what themes were they exploring? Uh, It's just like how, uh, how, like. I think just the world itself and where we're at. I think that's the broader picture. It's nothing really specific or anything like that. No, no. It's just the entire world that we're living in. Well, it's also about how, like, we're we're just taking over the world. We're taking what's precious and getting rid of it for our own stupid needs you know what i mean like for strip malls and hotels and stuff like that you know because they make they make a great point that uh the beatrice actually her hometown was uh i guess one of these big moguls took over her town and like built this multiplex or whatever and uh you know and they're like oh we're gonna promise you jobs we're gonna you know promise you this and that and everyone was expecting to get jobs from this 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 multiplex but it turned out to not work end up working you know, so everyone lost their jobs. They got kicked out of the town because this, you know, it's it became a pretty much a. a, a and John Lithgow, who plays Doug, you know. Yeah, we gotta mention. They that. had Selma Hayek, you know, Selma Hayek and you know John Lithgow are having this conversation back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like they see John is, you know, sees his world through his eyes, where he's um, he thinks he's doing better for the world, creating jobs creating an economy because the world needs you know money and people need to live yeah whereas Sama Hayek sees it as we need to embrace the beauty of the world in which it once used to be 
Mm-hmm. And I think there was a great point that was kind of overshadowed. I think simply it's just there's so many people on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, that's that's really all it comes down to. I mean, there's a lot of... there's. Like I mean, a, they show that too because like the scene of her driving from like like poor people USA to rich people USA, there's like a bunch of traffic everywhere. There's smoke and shit. Yeah. The water's turning green. Yeah. It's like, goddamn, we're just killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because there's. I, I know I make it seem like rich people are the bad guys, but it's not. That's not the case. Yeah. Because you see the point of view from from Selma Hayek and then uh, John Lith. John, what is his name? John Lithgow. John Lithgow, who plays Doug Strutt. Doug Doug Strutt. You know what I mean? Like you see his point of view, and it totally makes sense too. So it's like, like there's this back and forth where it's not. This guy's not totally a hundred percent the bad guy, uh, but then she's not a hundred percent like a good person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like that. Because my emotions were torn. I wanted... So they're both complex characters. Oh, yeah. Both have their flaws. Yeah. But they both have reasonable arguments to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really... It really just comes down to those two characters. Everything else oh, is right? just kind of... Filling. Everyone else... All the other characters, the side characters... And we're not even going to mention because fuck them, right? Yeah. Uh, big side characters. I mean, not, fuck fuck you for not being the main character of this movie, all right? I mean, really, I mean, what it came down to... It was, was They were holding the Beatrice film Patrice and Doug's dynamic. Yeah. They were totally characters. holding me in the film. Like they were, oh, yeah, they, they were, were pushing each it. other's motivations. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like, okay. like he would, you know, uh, what's his name? Yeah. John Lithgow as Doug Strutt. Uh, he would say something, which in turn made Selma Hayek do something, which in turn she would do something, and he then he would react to her, uh-huh. and it's this back and forth pool, which yeah. is pretty damn cool. It is. Now, for these independent features who are much smaller scale yeah. and are dialogue heavy, mm. uh, how was the writing? Like, do you think it held up? Yeah, I mean, I, held up. I th- oh, well, what's cool is that the, the writer really got in, in the heads of all these characters, even the smaller characters, you know what I mean? Like, well, I believe the director are the writers for this film. Yeah, yeah. So, can you see the directors? Huh? Can the assistant check it out for us? Yeah. Mm, let me see here. The best yeah. assistant to the best film critic of San Jose? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this does feel like a small indie film, which made it feel intimate. Director Miguel Arteta in screenplay... By Mike White. Oh, Mike White. Makes sense. Have they made a film together before? I don't even know those people, Jorge. Oh. I don't know. I don't Do you know, know those people? I think so. I think they made a film uh, back in the early 2000s. But, so the writing's great. The direction's yeah, great. So, I thought so, the so character was... writing was really well done. Because you know how you watch a comedy and like you can tell that these people are just riffing... You know what I mean? You can tell that these people are playing themselves in this movie. You can kind of tell where it's going. Yeah. With this, I couldn't tell where it was going. Yeah, but they, and they felt real. They felt like, like there's the one dude who's like a, uh, the guy who really doesn't give a shit about the world. He doesn't care about his body. He's just like, I'm about sex and money. And then there's the wife who's just like, oh yeah, I, I, I know people, you know, I had brief interactions and I think I know everyone, you know what I mean? And then they just have like all these... Well, they didn't even... The crazy thing about that... Chloe Savini's in this film, right? She played the guy's wife? Yeah. The blonde? Mm-hmm. I like her. She's hot. Anyway. Uh, she's a thing. She's okay. She's all right. She's a thing? She's a thing. She's a... Wow. Okay. Amy Landecker is better. Is hotter than uh, Chloe Savini. I don't know who those people are. Do you get... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a thing. Well, I'm a fan of Chloe Savini of her previous work. Yeah, yeah. She's good. That's, yeah. I don't know what she's been in, but she's good. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, moving on. So, what, how would you guys uh, rate the film? Uh, see it once, and then you don't have to see it again. Just say say you saw it so you can see it. Wait. What? 
I mean, it's what, I would definitely, I would definitely say it's one of those movies where I would give it a nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah, but we don't rate, we don't rate things on this show. Oh. Well, we before we you, used, you know what? I don't we, like we, the we fact. We used to do. Uh, uh, I mean, you is, should know this because you've been box around since office day gold. One. Yeah. Bo- box office gold is it's really great. Go see it in theaters if you have a chance. We have matinee, <laughs> which is take your time if you happen to walk into a theater. Go ahead, get this if you have no other options. Mm-hmm. Then we have streaming, where if you watch it on Netflix, you can, you can enjoy it. Or we have it's a piece of shit where it's like this is box office gold. Box office gold. Box That's the highest rating. Gold. I don't know. I don't know about that. How you know how I feel about rating, but rating systems, though, Jorge. Let's get rid of them. So what's your rating, though? I don't give it a rating. Just go see it. Just That's a rating. See go this see movie. It. No, I'm just not saying it. it's good or bad. I'm saying just That's go fair. see it. That's fair. Just go see it. It's, uh, it's Jeffy, worth... Jeffy, Jeffy Chase says, Jeffy Chase says, says it's gold. Jesse... I say it's gold. I say it's worth... Jeffy Be... Chase just loves gold. That's why he says Now, yeah. why... Su- su- Jeffy Chase, mm-hmm. why such a high, uh, high uh, recommendation? I think it's one of those movies where, as... Mr. Wheels and I were discussing. Yeah, we were discussing. It's one of those things where if you watch it once, it's a movie that's powerful enough where it's going to stick with you for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, stuck with me. And then I think, you know, nine or ten years go by and you rewatch it again, it'll just it'll have that same yeah. feeling. I, it's mm-hmm. power, I don't know how to describe it. It's powerful. It is a very powerful film. It is a powerful film. Has some strong themes to it, strong characters. Yeah. Talk about cancer. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, different other subjects. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would say. I thought that was cool. Uh, Selma I mean, Hayek and John Lithgow. And those pants, right? Stole the film. Yeah, definitely. It's weird, though, because. So they have this white dude that's like a servant of theirs. But like you don't know what his relationship is until he starts. I think he, he was just kind of hired. I think he was just kind of. That was hired. just so weird that it was like a white dude, that was the like I was like this yeah. movie's so progressive white people are slaves now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay. Yeah. And but, the, but they got a Mexican maid. But I liked at the end where it kind of tied it together. I you know this is my first time on this uh, particular. Don't spoil. Cast. Don't it's spoil not, the it's end. Not spoil. But. I'm not gonna spoil the spoiler. End. He's been here the whole time. Yeah. That's the spoiler. I know. He's been on he, like whenever Jeffy we were, Chase has been here the whole he goddamn sits time. Me and sometimes he gives me back himself the whole goddamn time. Sometimes. And I just this is my first time. This is the first time on, on first time being able Mike. to speak out because I let him speak out. <laughs> I don't want him to think yeah. that this is like a revolution. Like I let him speak for once. Yeah. I had to do something but good I can't, this yeah, week. Yeah. I had to be good this entire week in yeah. order to be on here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well. Okay. Anyway, but... He took a pay cut so he could be here. I wanted to say, <laughs> just at the end, where it's just shots of Selma Hayek separately looking out and John Lithgow looking out kind of into the same space and you kind of feel like, you know... They kind of tie each other together, mm-hmm. like they needed to see each other. Yeah, they needed to meet at one point in time, in order to potentially see each other's perspectives. Maybe that's the point of the film. Maybe because in real life, many of those people who are in higher class and people who are in the lower class or, or working class do not have the opportunity to sit on, on the dinner table and have conversations with each other. And maybe, maybe perhaps this is a certain theme in this film is like here, here's, you know, a possibility of what could happen yeah. if we have these two polar opposites right, right. sitting on the same dinner table. 
Yeah, it just sucks that they were forced. They was forced to have this. Like no one chose to do that. Like, I mean, I get that's the whole point of the movie that no one was forced to sit down with, or no one chose to sit, sit down. But mm-hmm. I mean, that says something about the world. We we have to we have to get stuck in a situation in order to do something about a situation. We don't actively go out and just do shit. I mean, no sense, but I, I guess. So. No, no, it sounds it sounds smart. It sounds. It, sounds, it, sounds, it, it sounded, sounded smart. Well, see, it's, sure. it's supposed to sound pretentious, yeah. so it sounds like I know what I'm saying, and like I'm trying to be deep and shit. I'm, uh, I'm opening back the curtains on this episode. Yeah. Like all the flaws of this episode, like there's no power, there's nothing going. Right. Uh, any closing? Spe- any closing arguments? Speaking of looking into the distance, man, there. This I don't know who this director is. Yeah. I didn't do my research. I never do my research. But he getting Selma Hayek to just look into the camera and like. Uh, evoke emotions. Selma Hayek is gorgeous. She's so great. Like, just she just looks into the camera and you're like, oh man, she's pissed off, or oh man, she's thinking about dead goats and shit. You know, it's like yeah, Miguel God, yeah. Arteta to thank for that. Yeah, thank you, uh, Miguel. Thank Arteta. you, Miguel. Thank you for just. I mean, being she, able to capture her beauty to her natural beauty. Selma they try to make her ugly. <laughs> they try to make her ugly. They fail. Couldn't see through it. All right, all right. Closing arguments. Or Arguments. Oh, We're I'm not sorry. debating. Just go uh, see Closing statements. Um, Your Honor, um, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Uh, that means I can say whatever but, I but want. But right? seems you guys are, are saying go see this movie when you yeah, get a chance. Yeah, this movie's yeah. pretty good. Go see It is definitely of its time. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think this is like a movie that you pop in on a Friday night when you get home from work. Mm. I think this is a kind of movie where like if you have some shit going down in your life and you need some really hard thinking. Mm-hmm. This movie is it. I think this is the movie to see. Man, the, the movie theater experiences too, because I know we talk about movie theater experiences. There are like a bunch of white people talking there in this movie. <laughs> they were just saying like the most random things. Yeah. Like the audience people? Yeah, the audience people were saying. Like what? So I, we were in a packed house of white. I wasn't there, but we were in a packed house of white people. Mm-hmm. Like they're just for me. Yeah, I'm speaking for him. Okay. Um, and you just hear them making these comments like, <gasps> I feel bad for her or like, how much money do you need? Hmm. And wow. like they just make all these weird ass comments and it's just like, man, these people need to stop fucking talking during the movie. <laughs> like you think that, you think that, uh, you know, the stereotype is like black people. No, this these white people like to make like the dumbest comments. You know what I mean? Seriously. Like, ah, oh, LA is shitty. Like it has some traffic. Like shut up, man. Like calm the fuck down. Uh, like stop making these snarky comments i guess with you know with the stereotype of like don't go into the don't go into the the house you know they're talking directly at the film yeah you know they're like don't do that because they're invested in it with these other with these white people they're like ah i can't live there uh goats and houses you know (laughs) and it's just like oh it's just like seriously you you need to stop it's Uh, interesting uh, (laughs) yeah it's a different like i've never been in a in a crowd Mm -hmm. like this I mean, Chase has. Jeff, Jeffy Chase has. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've never been in that. Yeah. All right. Wheel, uh, Jacob Wheels, thank you for coming by for another <laughs> thank review. Thank you for having us. Thank you, uh, uh, Jeffy Chase. Jeffy Chase. For, yes. uh, the for... assistant to the greatest film critic yeah. of San Jose. Of yeah. San Jose. And, he doesn't um, pay me shit. I mean, I pay you. I mean... He... In stuff. Yeah. I don't pay you in and shit. They, well, he pays me enough to live. Yeah. Not monies. No. All right, have a good one, guys. (laughs) Later. Bye.
And there you have it. That is Jacob Wheels and his new assistant, uh, Jeffy Chase's uh, review of Beatrice at Dinner. Have you seen this film? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Of the, uh, If you have better points to make about the film, please email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate your feedback. And I actually I did go see this film. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I, I went to go see this film in the Santana Row. And uh, I think it was the worst decision to watch a film like Beatrice at Dinner at Santana Row. Because you're surrounded by these affluent uh, Caucasian people. And after the film's over and the lights are on, I just feel like a wave of white guilt, you know, concentrating on me because I was like the only Latino in that screening. And so that was a little awkward. But overall, great flick. I enjoyed it very much. I highly recommend it. Other than that, um, let's move on. So next up, we have Ryan Sadakran. We had a great talk. We went all over the place, actually. And it's always a pleasure having a friend over like Ryan. And we had a, uh, I hope you enjoy this talk. And uh, let's go straight to it. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's going good, man. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm full of ice cream. How are you surviving this heat? By eating ice cream? Okay, those of you guys don't know, Jorge and I have been talking for at least half an hour. And we're trying to start this off as a new podcast, like it's a new thing. We try to do the, um, the, um, we, the, we, we try to talk about libraries and have an intelligent, thoughtful discussion about, you know, one of this, the world's most important social fixtures. But instead, uh, we got into a discussion on the ethnicity of people who start frozen yogurt in boba places. Is it really racist for me to believe that it's a distinct Asian market. I don't that, think that it has is a yogurt, ice cream, uh, thing. I don't think it's racist. I think that that is an uh, is an educated that guess. is an astute observation. But I think it would also be more astute to think that uh, someone who is not Asian American, with a business sense for finding out what Asian American people like, started it. So it could have just been uh, a... Uh, that's, but if that's true, wouldn't it make sense to have a honeyberry in Asia instead of here in the United States? Dude, how do you know they don't? Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe maybe in Asia it's called a... Uh, don't go there. I know where you're going. <laughs> you're going to make some stereotypical was, Asian named place. No, I was just going to say it's called honeyberry. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. Listen, I can do as many accents about Indian people as I want. That were, were, you know, you know I just find out you don't make many uh, jokes on stage about, you know, you don't really impersonate anybody. I should. I enjoy it a lot. Actually, you do a little bit. Like who? You, you have that bit about the drive-thru? The McDonald's drive-thru? Yeah. Yeah, I, I added the Valley Girl thing. Yeah. Which is actually my favorite accent to do. The Valley Girl? I love it. It's so good. Where's your Valley Girl voice inspired from? I used to watch this show in like fourth grade. It was called Totally Spies. It was a cartoon. It's about girls. It was a teenage girl cartoon. Totally Spies. It was called Totally Spies. It was about it was like Charlie's Angels, but for like kids. I would watch it and I would try to imitate their accent. 
and it would make people laugh at school, but everyone just called me you a You don't have any... Fat, si- hold on. People called me a fat faggot. That's what they called me. You don't have any sisters, so why are you watching a show called Spice Girls? It's not or, like, or, <laughs> or Spice or Girls. Spice whatever. No, I mean, like, you would watch cartoons, right? And then... And then, like, some cartoon you like came on. Like, I like, like, Looney Tunes or something, right? And I would sit through Looney Tunes, and then my choice was I could go outside and play or, like, do something, or I could sit in front of the TV the whole day and watch whatever shit came on TV, and I always chose the latter. And so that came on, and I would just watch it and <laughs> have my brain rot. What kind of cartoons were you watching? Uh, mainly hentai. What age did hentai became a thing for you? <laughs> became a thing for me? I I don't think I ever. Because really I re- I remember like in hentai started. People started talking about hentai when I was in junior high. So around like two thousand seven, two thousand. For me, it was like around fifth grade. I want to say fifth or sixth grade. Like I remember like in our school, they had a like a like a computer room. Yeah. Where like there's like thirty computers for the class to do a thing, and one of the one of my classmates who's my age. Put, showed me like this nude pictures of like these Anime Dragon Ball Z oh, characters naked. That's actually kind of similar to how I and I was like, and I remember, I remember thinking because I was so naive. I was like, I don't remember that episode when they were, they were <laughs> where this person had tits. I, I don't. Out. I don't remember the episode where uh, Goku was being penetrated by octopuses. I don't remember that. <laughs> when when did when did Goku <laughs> when? <laughs> but, but, but I was very naive, dude. I was like, huh, that's a interesting. I, I, I must have missed that uh, Saturday special. Oh, a Saturday special. That's what they probably called it, too. <laughs> Here's the Saturday special. Thousand octopus dicks. But hentai is not really my thing, dude. I can't really get off on that stuff. It's, it's like, I just, I'm like. I'm Are like, you insinuating that it's my thing? Yeah, is it not? No, it's not my thing. What? Like, hentai? I, no, you totally look like a hentai kind of guy. Oh, thanks, man. Dude, I remember I was. On, I remember one time I was I was on the light rail, and this guy, like you know, nerdy guy, we're talking, and he was just telling like you know he, he likes writing man- manga, and he was just you know telling the story of his manga story, about like a bunch of lesbians, you know, you know, doing. I don't remember specifically, but I remember him having lesbians there, uh-huh. and like them, you know, uh, with superpowers and so on. And I, I remember I asked him, oh, so is it, is it hentai? Very casually, too. Yeah. Like, like, oh, is it hentai? Yeah. He got really offended. He was like, no, it's not hentai. Yeah. Like, it, it, well, that's like, you know what that's like? It, it was like a legit manga story he was trying to build about a lesbian couple. Yeah, so like what that is, what that is, is like if you were writing a show about lesbians. Yeah. Right? And you were telling that to someone. And someone was like, hey, is it porn? Like, No! <laughs> The show about two lesbians struggling through, you know, g- gender norms. It's not porn, you asshole. You you fucking bigot. <laughs> he almost got to that level. That that's what that's essentially in that world, in the world of manga, yeah. hentai to manga is porn to like normal television. But for me, it's like it's a very thin line. Like look look how they how they draw these women. Okay, that means like every time you see girls kissing on TV, that it's automatically porn. It could be soft porn, sure. You know, yeah, I mean, it is for me because I, <laughs> I gotta change my pants every time I see on those commercials. No, but like you know, if I'm in the mood and I need you know some extra help to get to get there, um, hentai porn is not my thing. It's just, 
after like a minute of it I'm like dude I'm just really I'm trying to get off on these animated uh, breasts really um you know you can't judge people some people are into that dude like some people are into feet not right but don't you think there's something like oddly different about people who get turned on by something that's that's um What's the word I'm looking for? What, are you a homophobe now? What is this? What, what does that do with homophobia? <laughs> I know, I just... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, feet, I get, it's like part of a body. It's a real part of a par- body. Okay, you know, I see what you mean. Like, what? Like people who get off on, like, real parts of a body versus something that's completely, like, fake. Yeah. Some people really like fantasies. Like, the, the biggest fantasy, I guess, is, like, not even being a human. Right? Like, you don't, you don't get off on human stuff. You are just so far removed from humans' sexual sexuality. That so, like, like, getting off, like, on those, like, safari videos of animals? Either fucking. that or, like, anime people that don't have, like, real proportions. <laughs> well, think of it like that. Like, some people find... Like, well, think of it... Some people find, you know, getting uh, crazy plastic surgery and, like, breast augmentation and hip, you know... Not my thing either. Yeah, no. So, so the thing is, some people have that, right? But that's not really human. That's weird. Like, if you see someone who has a fuck ton of plastic surgery, that person's essentially a Barbie doll, right? But you wouldn't jerk off to Barbie dolls. I mean, maybe you would, Hori. I don't know. But, like, a lot of people who wouldn't jerk off to Barbie dolls will find plastic surgery women attractive. Bimbos. Interesting. Human blow-up dolls. Latex ladies. You know, one thing I'm, I'm actually happy about living here in the Bay Area is not, not many of that people, not many people do plastic surgery. That's in more of an LA thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's super noticeable. Like I, I, I've always thought like it wasn't like for some reason I thought oh you know the person has plastic surgery I'm like well I guess it looks like the real thing right why else would you get it mm. and it's like no you go down it's like yeah you could totally tell they look like lizard people lizard people yeah they look like the Illuminati oh they're yeah they're not the Illuminati though they're like. Are you into conspiracy theories? Uh, no. I don't think so. I enjoy... Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? Yes. Which one? I love... I love the lizard people thing. I love anytime someone brings up lizard... <laughs> lizard men. That lizard men rule the government. I just... I love it. I've watched hours of David Icke and Alex Jones videos just for fun jesus christ it's just so entertaining to me that guy's fucked up dude yeah but he's i, I, I used he's, to think he's really funny but not recently it's like i don't know he's he is someone like him so close to the president yeah that just shows how much of a shit show <laughs> our political system is right now is that alex jones who is like a carnival barker is, Pretty much is, is an actual political correspondent but after that stuff he said about sandy hook you know what it is? Here's the scary part about it. And it's true for any form of media. Is that one thing is spouting stupid shit the way, what, he's, what he does. It's another thing to be influential enough for somebody to, to act upon what he says. For example, a pizza gate. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. You know, at that point, I'm like, okay, now like it's like it's not funny anymore. You know, it's like, Although he did say they're interdimensional child molesters, which I think is probably the, one, the funniest statement. <laughs> interdimensional child molesters! <laughs> which makes no sense. 
If someone has technology yeah. to to go to from go dimension to, to dimension, they're just gonna come to touch kids in yeah. our dimension. They're like fucking gods, and they're like, we just wanna rape your kids. Like that makes <laughs> no make sense. sense. But it's he believes it. He believes Hillary Clinton's a demon. He believes they're poisoning the water. But here's what I'm saying: it's not. It's no longer he. It's not they. Him and his oh, followers. Yeah. And they and their followers are known to harass well, people. Well, I actually don't think that he has. Okay. Well, yeah, the scary thing is that, like, a lot of people will follow Alex Jones ironically at first. That's mm. actually how a lot of people follow Donald Trump. Initially, it's like, Donald Trump's running for president. Yeah, go Trump. It was it was ironic. But then as he started gaining traction, people were like, oh, shit, yeah, it's actually working. And then the joke became reality, and then they actually became, like, supporters. But I think Alex Jones is pretty far out, and I think maybe the only fear, the fe- like, the whole flat earther thing is only a big thing now because they just have more exposure than they did before. I really doubt the amount of people who believe the Earth is flat is that high. Well, the thing is, is like I, I think you, you t- touched upon it, is there, there's this new culture that of irony that's coming out. Our, our culture now is, is we're at a level where, like you said, out of irony, people would vote for people like Trump. Mm. You know, I think I think Milo's one of those cases. Like, that guy... He, He's full of shit, and he knows it, but he's doing what he does because it's ironic, it's shocking, it's it's whatever you want to call it. I don't. Milo's intention. I mean, Milo just is. He's essentially a professional troll, but that's which is fine. But he like he admits it too. So I mean, that's his thing. But that's what Alex is as well, which Alex Jones <laughs> has admitted. I mean, he didn't say troll, but he you know recently with his divorce, he his lawyer he came out that he's a performer. He's not an actual journalist. He's a performer. He doesn't actually believe what he says. He's a performer. That's just saying a, a, a troll, essentially. Yeah, I guess. But but that, that's something like and us as comics, a lot of comics that's how they perceive themselves. It's like, oh, I'm, I said I, I'm a troll. That's what I do. It's like I, I say jokes to troll people. Well, I think the different. Yeah, maybe the 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 difference with the Alex Jones thing is that he's in a platform that makes it. He acts like a journalist. No, well, he doesn't really. But he has like a radio show. And he'll present things as fact. I don't know. I think if you believe Alex Jones just on, like, just hearing him and you're like, that's fact. Alex Jones just told me the water is turning the frogs gay. That's fact. Like, without looking it up on your own, that you're just dumb. Which is a whole different problem now. It's like, what is real these days? What articles, you know... Well, you can't never just trust one source. You can never... If it's something important, you have to try to verify it as much as you can. Like, you can never know the absolute truth about a lot of stuff. Like, there's all these stats that come out like, oh, 90% of this, you know, 90% of people believe that toast is made by elephants or some fucking random shit, right? Like, where did that stat come from? Unless you're able to trace it back to, like, a study or something done by Mm -hmm. uh, a reputable... I mean, even what's reputable is up for debate. Like, You know what really... Talking about that, you know what really annoys me on Facebook? Is these people who keep posting these fucking Uber facts... Like about Uber? No, not Uber. No, it's like it's like so just random facts that people put out there that makes no sense. Mm. Like oh, like like did you know that smart people wake up late? If you cuss, a ton of people are more prone to cuss. Where do they get that? It's like really. They just all headline. you're doing is you're finding excuses. Yeah. Of your behavior. That's well, what it see, is. See, that's the thing. It's like they're the. We are a generation of excuses. That's all we are. Well, you know what? You know what's funny. Uh, in like in the physics community this is actually 
Interesting. So th- this is an example that is probably in every community, especially in like the health sciences. But so what will happen is like you'll have researchers, right? Right. And, and they'll have a paper. Okay. They write a paper, they do some research and they have a paper and the title will be something like, uh, let's say, uh, possible candidate for or, or planet found in a zone that resembles the earth sun uh configuration right so that these these things called exoplanets right and exoplanets are just planets that are have similar conditions to earth based on their distance from their sun and their orbit etc right yeah so that's the candidates for life possible candidates maybe there's life there we don't have any evidence we just know about the uh orbital mechanics of it right so they'll they'll release a paper that very technical paper a lot of subtleties there they're not claiming anything but then one of these popular science journalists will get a hold of it and they'll be like life on planet x let's see and then as other as more news starts to build the headlines become more and more just like blatant like alien life found like it'll, it'll just spiral out of control so like what you were saying about you know smart people tend to do this the original article or the original study was probably something very subtle and like they were very careful to make their statements mm-hmm. but then over time it's like a big game of telephone Right. Right. Maybe the study was like this. We uh, surveyed a thousand Harvard students and we found that this many exhibited these traits and they didn't make any statement about smart people doing this. And eventually it became like all smart people wear red, like some stupid crap. Right. And, and it's on Facebook. You take it by Facebook. Like people like just see it because it's on the newsfeed. It must be true. Yeah. That's the problem is that face people people uh we've developed this habit of not ever looking into things we just scroll by and we look at it and that's it that's what it is man it's like we look at things too superficially like like and none of that is like there's so much information coming at us not just through facebook but through other social media yeah that you just don't know how to you how to react that you just become desensitized like for me like well, scrolling down Facebook, which is becoming a problem lately for me, but I scrolled. I was like, you know what? I'm going through so many levels of emotions. Here's an article that pisses me off. Here's an article that that, that, that intrigues me. Yeah. Here's an article that's fucking sad. I, here's a, here's something else that's even sadder. And it's, it's just, depressing. It's like oh, a wait, drug. Yeah. Here's a funny joke. So yeah. I wrote a funny joke. It's like at the end of the day, I'm going through so much in a small amount of time. That's why I'm just numb. I'm like, just keep scrolling. You okay. are so right, dude. I actually have a joke about that that I'm trying to include in my act. Or, or I'm trying to write a bit about it, right? I, I feel weird calling you my app. I'm a fucking open micer. Anyways, but... <laughs> yeah, who do you think you yeah, are? Yeah, exactly. You I, got an act I'm now? sorry, Look please. You. Anyone fucking hear this? Look I at know. you. I have a bit that I try, I've been trying to work on where it's like, how many how many pictures of dogs does it take to forget about kids dying in Syria? Right? It's like, you mm-hmm. see... you see a, you Not see, that many. Yeah, it's like, you see a freaking video of shrapnel blowing up a building and then scroll down cute Shiba Inu. It's like, oh, right? And it's exactly, just, it's and you forget. Coaster. You yeah. totally forget about that serial serious shit. It's like it's weird. It's like a way of. Uh, I mean, if you were to believe in a conspiracy theory, you could say that Facebook is you know created by the Illuminati to immediately desensitize. You're, you're being the silly public. now. Shut up. No, you're, you're being silly. It now. could be. No, I'm. I'm actually. I don't Zuckerberg's actually. a lizard person now, dude. Have you seen his face? <laughs> Zuckerberg even sounds like a type of lizard. <laughs> now we have the lizard. Zuckerberg lizard. Look at how it's sunbeams. Uh, but it's like, I don't know. I, I, do, I do not know where this takes us as a culture. I think it's and not the, good. The kind of leadership or not worse than leadership, but the kind of 
changing of perception that we're going to have as we get older and we become in the position of power. I think it's, yeah, that is interesting. Because I think it's just bad. Because now, a lot of us are, we live in this in this thought of absolute. Of like, if you don't believe what I believe, you are you are bad you are evil or you are whatever mm. we can't work together it's very polarized exactly but it's like the problem is that if we live in a polarized society nothing's gonna get done more people are gonna get hurt well, uh, well that's why there's this problem with the echo chambers on Facebook because it would cultivate articles that you like so if you're more liberal leaning you'll only be getting things from the liberal sphere and if Facebook is your only outlet of you know media coverage you're just going to think that the world thinks like you and you'll be more myopic you'll be more uh you know one tracked in your beliefs mm-hmm. you won't expand everyone will be just like one dimensional in terms of their you know uh perspective and that's a problem and also the problem is that like facebook is inherently addicting they design facebook and twitter and all of these uh I'm not, I'm not really addicted to Twitter. I can never. Really, I, I always forget to tweet anything. Well, I mean, I, I don't really. I have a Twitter, uh, and I, I rarely use it. But but there's a there's this guy. He was an ex uh, computer ethicist at Google, and I listened to a podcast of his. Uh, I think he was talking to Sam Harris. I forget, but uh, he he mentioned that there are different techniques that they use. That is their intentional int- attention grabbing techniques like Twitter, for instance, when you log in, there's a, a, I think, two second delay for the notifications to pop up. And that's not necessary. They they put that in there so that you get this kind of gambler's high. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling bullshit. No, that, I mean, that, I, that's... I. Does it, that two seconds no, make a difference? This thing is—it's called U. The whole field is called UX design. It's a user experience design. They hire people to make your app more user friendly. Think of it like this, okay? Why are iPhones so popular? iPhones are popular because it's easy and it feels good to swipe, and you don't have to like learn anything about programming or anything about the tech—the technical details of the phone. They make it intuitive. Like mm-hmm. Grandma can pick it up and use it. Grandma can look at a picture of a camera and click and think it's a camera, right? So there's ways to design things so that they're easier to use. And I understand that. But then you're pulling this thing of like two seconds. There's a two-second gap. Does that two seconds really make that no. much of a difference? No, well, hear about this. Okay, fine. If you don't believe that, think about this. Facebook now has autoplay for videos. The moment you look at a face, a face a video on Facebook, you go watch the video. It doesn't automatically close. It automatically goes to the next video in the queue. Something you didn't even know was there. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. It autoplays to keep you using it. They want to maximize screen time. You know what's annoying as well is, like, now they have audio. Like, would that even... Like, I would scroll down and it would play by itself and have audio. Why do you think? It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, for me, it's annoying. For you, it's annoying. But for most people, it's like, oh, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me take a look at it. It's to grab your attention. Because what is their business? They want to get more ad space. They but, want people to they want people to see the ads that are put put on their website. But that's ideal. They're at the end of the day, they're a company. Of course, and that's how they make their money. But it I has understand. it has unintended effects, right? It, it it's creating like it's essentially a drug because it it hands you an emotion. When you log onto Facebook, you feel emotions. It's giving them to you, right? Like there's Louis C.K. said on Conan. Remember he uh, at one point he's felt really sad in his car and he just wanted to text someone. Right? He heard a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, and like texting someone is, is oh, one dude, way. Bruce, I cried for a Bruce Springsteen song. Right, I mean a the lot. river. Oh my god! Every time I listen to that song, I'm like fuck. 
but life. but imagine if like instead of embracing that sadness you immediately logged on to facebook and just saw a bunch of pictures of dogs that would make you like it's like a drug it's like eating sugar you know candy it's it gives you that small boost but it's not correcting any problems so it's almost like people are sedating themselves with with technology constantly and then there's instagram where i'm like i'm just going through people's lives and i was like what the, like what am i doing what am i doing looking at other people's lives what am i doing at this selfie why why are there so many selfies like there's social creatures right I mean, people value... And it's for that like. Of course. Well, oh, I was... did you hear about that guy? Did you hear about that guy that pretty much took a picture of him? It was in Africa. He held out his son outside a balcony and took a picture of it. And it says, 100 likes or I'll drop him. Did you hear about that? Was it Photoshop or was it? No. It's a, it's a real thing. Jesus Christ. What do you think about that? You know... Uh, this is gonna sound fucked up, but <laughs> you, you wouldn't. No, but like, but if that no, okay, I'm not gonna say. Well, if that kid's son is genetically related to that guy, maybe it's better if his whole line of children stop. I hear you go. Let's see. There, here is the article. It says. No, that's super fucked up though. That's here. It's loading. There, uh. Man jailed for dangling baby from 15th floor window. Holy shit. A man desperate for Facebook likes was sentenced to two years in jail for dangling baby out a window. It's in Nigeria. And he says... Uh, what? Jesus. 100, 100 likes or I'll, I'll drop him. It'd be funny if it was like Photoshop. This Ooh, guy has know. a fucking kid. He has... He, he, he made a baby. Yeah. Who's supposed to bring so much joy, and he's willing to sacrifice that for a hundred likes. No, because he probably had the baby. He was like, yo, look at how many likes I can get. How much currency are in a like, do you think? Uh, how much, How much? I don't know, what do everyone call it? Emotional currency. At least there? at least one baby. <laughs> <laughs> how much is a baby? I feel I feel like some orphanages are we like that. You want to adopt this kid? Smash that like. Smash that Boy. like. Smash that like. Yo, know. I'm ISIS. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> ISIS is gonna. I know if you hundred likes and we won't behead this journalist. Ooh, that's not that far. For ISIS. You know, well, just in general. What is ISIS's what, Instagram account like? Just in, just in general, the, the way ransoms are. You know how this really gonna likes. bring bring a thousand dollars or whatever. It's like what's more, be like follow my my group's Facebook page. I don't like, think it'll be that crazy. You never I think know. Money is that more important than that? If you can directly monetize likes to money, you. I mean, likes do correlate. The more likes you have, the can more. Can you imagine that if we monetize how much likes we get? You, but in a sense, you do, right? Because people make money on YouTube based on how many views and likes they get, how many subscribers they have, etc. Right? And Facebook, you can make money off of Facebook videos too. If you have a Facebook page, can you really? Yeah, you can. I don't know, man. Content. Point I'm trying to make, man, is that I think as as a whole human race, we are crazy as it is, and I feel this new era of like social media mm. is just gonna make us crazier exponentially. I think that's always gonna happen. Call me a luddite, you know, because I understand luddite, luddite, whatever the fuck. Uh, I understand that every time there's a new technology, a new phase, there's always people hesitant. I understand. Like I know, I know. There's always that one guy that didn't like that the car was made, or that one guy that didn't like the newspaper was made, whatever. 
But in this case, it's like it's so ingrained in our culture, and it causes real life consequences. But all I mean, I I would say I agree with you, but at the same time, I do think that there is a lot of good coming out of it. Uh, oh, don't get me wrong, dude. Like Facebook issue. is essential for me. It, not, not not just for socially, but for networking, for for getting podcast goat uh, goats, for getting podcast getting, guests, getting Billy goats, <laughs> for 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 you know planning things. Yeah, it's super essential for me. Yeah, but I also understand that there's a toll against my against me essentially, against me and my emotions, against against. Uh, you know what I'm saying? No, I totally get it because I've I've found myself just scrolling mindlessly through Facebook, and then after a couple minutes, I'm like, what am I doing? I didn't even feel like a person. You lose yourself in there. You just you go really numb. Do. You lose. Yeah, it's scary. You know what, fucking Jacob. Uh, I mean, I don't mean fucking Jacob. I mean like, yeah, I mean in, fucking in, Jacob. In, in, endearance is that word I'm looking for? No, no. In, in an endearing, sense. in an endearing way, as I'm saying, fucking Jacob. But he told me like he he's feeling. He said a certain word that meant exactly that. There's a word out there that exists that describes someone who has been on social media that after a while they feel uh, because they've seen so many people do great stuff. They feel uh, inferior. Inferior. I forgot what he called it. I don't know. <laughs> but it just tells me yeah. like our vocabulary is not changing to to make sense. Like FOMO. Yeah. Why well, I say it again? FOMO. Yes. Fear of missing out. Is that what that means? Yeah. Fear of missing out. Yeah, because everyone. What so- the fuck does that mean? You know. What I- okay, so FOMO is like. Uh, you see a Facebook post about your friends, like your good friends going out drinking and say you could, weren't able to go and you're like, oh man, shit, I should have gone, right? And then you see everyone doing different cool things and you feel that, whatever. But FOMO's existed before social media, right? If you heard about a party and you weren't invited or you didn't weren't able to go, you'd feel it. But I guess maybe it's more prominent now that everyone is sharing. Have you ever taken a picture for social media and then in the, in the picture it looks like everyone's having fun? But then you remember it, and you're like, hey. that's like all pictures. But but you remember it, and you're like, I don't remember having that. Every much fun. picture with the most okay, I I'm gonna go as far as to say, ninety percent of pictures with girls smiling and in a cute pose took like ten minutes to get together. Like it's like a lot of it's fake. Like you see pictures of people smiling with their significant other, they could be in the middle of a fucking fight. But <laughs> like she could be smiling, and be like, I fucking hate this guy, and he's like, just kill me, right? Like it's just. It's 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 all putting up a facade, but that was always there, right? Social media is bringing it out. Human nature is to do that, right? The whole aristocracy in England, people powdering their faces, people acting with pomp, all of that is to hide our baser natures. This is just a new version of powdering your face. It's to take a selfie. That's what I think. It's just a new. It's just there's more of it now. It's faster. It's their fingertips. Well, okay, that's interesting. Well, am I am I overreacting? Do you think? No, I, I think I think your your base reaction to it being that it's a numbing agent and that it's uh, it's kind of like a crazy distraction is correct. You know what it is, man? Why it freaks me out is because I feel that I am not adjusting well to my generation. You know, because again, like I feel it's. It, those are willing to embrace this this form of media, mm-hmm. and and really u- utilize it, and, and garnish success. Mm. 
you know, as networking or as relationships. Right? Gar- garner. Whatever the fuck. Why are you correcting me, you fucking grammar Nazi? Because garnish is like something you put on like a plate of fish. Like a little like like a little plant. Sometimes we garnish their shit too, alright? So here's the <laughs> point I'm trying to make. Is that okay. we rely so much on these media sites. For dating. We got dating apps. Yeah. For, for information. You know, we, we got you got apps for that. Yeah. For almost everything. And I'm still the guy who's like not really involved in most of those things. I don't think that's bad. So I'm like, where does that leave me? I know I'm trying to podcast against me, but I'm just wondering, like, do you ever freak out like that? And, and like, try to see where you are in the spectrum of our generation society? I don't know. I guess I... For me, I mean, I tried all those things, right? Like, Tinder and stuff. And I, and I found that I don't like what it gives me, and so I just don't do it. And I don't, cons- I don't think about, oh, everyone else is doing it. I should like it, and I don't try to like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Like, life is short. You live the way you want to. Not everyone's going to fit in with the crowd. You kind of have to find your own path. And that's not necessarily bad. It's not good. And a lot of people who are, who are incredibly successful didn't take conventional paths. They took a crazy path. And now, and the funny thing is that the crazy path they took ends up becoming the conventional path because people are like, oh, that path works. But that's not true. You just take whatever path you feel is going to get you somewhere without regard of what the conventional path is. I mean, you can borrow from it, right? There's, you know, obviously you want to get a job for a while so you make money. You don't want to be like, I'm going to be a bum and eventually I'll become a CEO. That's not going to work, right? But but I, I think that it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to constantly worry about how you fit into society unless your goal is to fit into society. And if your goal is to become like a public... Yeah. person who is supposed to be this you know that's another issue I have is, is a sense of validation a sense of like am I valid where I am not in just a society but in my community and which has hindered a lot of my opportunities I think well I think maybe you know? shift that focus to are you enjoying things that you do well for example for us as comedians right if, if you look at where we are at in our community of comedians uh, do you do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about like you at what level you think you are, and compared to the other people? To, to I our mean, colleagues? sure, you recognize like I. I mean, I definitely don't think I'm like anything yet. But I. But I think to dwell on whether you're better or inferior than another person is inherently a hindrance, yeah. because really, I think the most growth comes from just looking at yourself today and looking at yourself yesterday and seeing what you improved upon and seeing what maybe you need to fix just mm-hmm. constantly correcting yourself and you can take things from other people no i mean not steal bits i'm not saying that but you can learn <laughs> i'm not saying that are you encouraging no no no, no. i'm not saying that i don't want to be misquoted but you can like learn things right you can learn how other people uh live their life and learn about their perspective and then absorb that into your own personality and improve yourself but I think to constantly fixate like, oh, I'm not as good as this guy or, oh, or I'm better than all these people is, is bad. It's a waste of your time because you're not going to grow. You're just going to be petty. You're, all of your goals will be with respect to other people and yeah. not be re- with respect to yourself. Right, right. That's like I, I, I always think uh, it's idol worship is very dangerous. Like, to, like I respect like Louis C.K., right? I mean, I, I think at some point I did worship him. But I now I just, I, I try to see him like, he's just a great comic and I love his material. But I'm not like, I want to be Louis C.K. Right? I, you know, 
that's I think there there's an interesting distinction there, right? Like you want to take the good parts of what people do and absorb that in yourself, but you want to end up molding your own person. And I feel like if you're always trying to chase someone else's achievement, you're not gonna be your own person. You're gonna give yourself a mental block. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I'm working on those things. Like we talked before, we all are, you know. like you know, like we talked in the car. You know, like you you were. You know, we're talking about the comedy scene and how San Jose could really be a comedy town. And and, and, and there I was, you know, you know, <laughs> I was being Debbie Downer about it. Right? You know, I was telling you, I was like, ah, nobody gives a shit, you know. But it's like, I, I understand that I'm wrong, you know. Like, there's always the opportunities there to, to always expand the comedy scene in San Jose. It's just, you know, I, I think I'm just, again, I think at this point running this room as long as I have, and just you know, always trying to improve it, always trying to you know compare it to the other rooms around and try to be different from it, has put me in a place where I'm like, well, does the, for Scotty obviously is in this role, but does anybody really give a shit? And I feel like I'm jaded as opposed to someone like you who's like really in it, who who's like you know, uh, doing your thing, and look and and really could see the opportunities out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. Because I think, uh, I, I was having a discussion, I think, with Sanj a while ago, but, like, pride gets in the way of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, for me, that's actually a problem. Pride will get in the way. But Sanj has a perspective where it's, like, uh, pride, you, you, you will get farther if you just, like, if you throw away pride, you will get so much farther than if you cling on to it. Yeah. That's the truth. Right? Like, so pride is a very petty emotion that is very strong. Well, I'm a very petty guy. What can I say? I mean, it. it I, I find myself being that way, too. Like, sometimes I'll... I met this guy recently. <laughs> this fucking guy, dude. Who? I don't want to give too many details. Is it another comedian? No, it's not. He's, he was a musician, but like... Oh, uh, it's... Yeah. yeah, he was a musician. Do, we, do I know? You might, dude. But anyways... <laughs> Which but might... no, no, I, I'm not going to get into details. No, but tell the me. The moment I shook his hand and like started talking to him, he was just so fake. And it's like, it just, it gave me, like, immediately I was thinking in my head, like, this fucking jackass. Like, like it, it gave me that emotion immediately because I have this, like, chip on my shoulder, this pride. And then it just gave me a whole bunch of negative emotions. And for a while I was just, you know, thinking about him. And like, why? Why does this guy have such a big impact on my life? He's, like, ruining my day. But he was <laughs> some guy I met for, you know, two minutes. And so that kind of thing, like, like just constantly externally... Like, focusing on all these petty external details is preventing growth. Like, in, in all that time I spent fuming about some dude, uh, you know, I some wannabe John Mayer fucking... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. so, that's the worst. Yeah, so, Those John Mayer types. So, some, you know, in that time, I could have just been doing thinking something productive, being happy, you know, writing material or something. But instead, I was just... Ugh. And so, the same thing, I guess, like, with Frascati or, like, with any venture you do, the more time you spend comparing yourself or judging other things the less time you're spending less energy you're spending like working on your your own stuff you're right man i have a lot to work on you're right yeah no everyone does it's 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 my problem for me i'm sure it's a problem i think it's a problem that everyone has right it's it's hard to just look at yourself in a vacuum because the truth is we live in a social world we live with other people and there is competition that is something but you don't want to view you don't want to become bitter yeah, I'm getting there. And not just with comedy, just in so many things. Yeah, don't. Social media. It'll probably hurt your creativity. Jesus, who's that? Yo. Someone saying, what's up? Dude, it's the guy from Honeyberry. 
Who are you calling an Asian American? I'm white. <laughs> He's married to an Asian. Probably. I don't know. I don't know, man. But, you know, again, I like to think that uh, I'm not all down. You know, I, I, I like... I, I, for the most part, I li- well, not most, but I, li- I like to, I try to really ba- balance myself with positivity. I mean, why else do I do the things I do, right? What? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, you, you want to um, chase, like, the best version of you. And so. But I don't know that Facebook, though. Alex Jones and all that. It's like, <laughs> Alex Jones. I actually have a playlist of Alex Jones videos. What the fuck? I do. Some of the clips are so funny. I'm a man. I have a gun. Reptilians poisoning the water. He's like he's like the Gunga, the Gungan in episode one. The <laughs> he's that person. Star Wars, right? Yeah, he's Jowls as a person. If like Jowls became. The, the thing Jowls became personified, he would be J- Jowls. Well, he kind of looks like a frog. I can see that. He does look like a frog. <laughs> but he doesn't want to become a gay frog. There's lizard people and there's frog people. Are there frog people? I've never heard of frog Can you imagine that? What, what if that's the truth? What if there's like these elitist lizard people and then there's these like, you know, un- like not well-privileged frog people who could also disguise themselves as humans and they're trying to stir shit up with the normal humans to go against the lizard people. Dude, you just, you just wrote... I just put an Alex Jones move right there, huh? You just wrote a Netflix series <laughs> called uh, Reptile... Versus Amphibians. Amphibians? That's like a sci-fi movie. Reptile versus Amphibians. We should probably make a debate on it. <laughs> that's, not bad. that's not a bad debate idea. Alright, Ryan. That's, that's pretty much the closest to the hour we're going to get. I know you gotta get going soon. Yeah, I do. I gotta. What you got planned for tonight? I'm just hanging out with some friends from high school and stuff. Oh, that's nice. And just hangout time. Hangout time. You know. You know, go to Pinkberry, get some yogurt. You know, <laughs> a- ask for their management. Check if they're Asian American. <laughs> go to another yogurt place. Ask for their management. Just do a whole survey of the city. All right, Ryan. Thank you for coming. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jorge.